Well, I hope you got one of the yellow sheets when you came in the door. There's still some on the back table there on the left. If you didn't get a copy, <clears throat> and you look at it and you say, boy, we're going to be here a while. No, we're, we're not. They're not long points, but they are points to what I'm going to be taking a look at today. In our text today, we find one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story, a story of the angel of the Lord visiting the shepherds in a field of Bethlehem on the night of Christ's birth. I guess the reason why I like that, that area is because the shepherds were just common folks. And I consider myself just common folks. Amen. And uh, they were the ones that were uh, the, um, the birth of Christ was first announced to. And as we read through this part of the Christmas story, uh, let's see some important aspects of the gospel that are found woven within the story here. And I don't believe this is by accident at all because the Christmas story is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. His first coming was all about the purpose of His coming. His purpose of the coming was to provide the gospel, to give the good news, to provide for our souls where we could have cleansing of our sins, and we could have forgiveness, and we could have a home in heaven. And what a, what a wonderful, glorious thing that is. And when, if you keep that in mind during the Christmas holidays, that, that can bring so much joy in your heart um, that uh, it will surpass anything uh, bad, I think, that will, might come into your life during the holidays. So let's begin, shall we? Uh, I just want to read the first three verses um, here. I mean, excuse me, verses 8 through 10. Excuse me, verses 8 through 10 uh, of the story here. And I want us to see, first of all, that the gospel of Christ removes fear. It removes fear. It says in verse 8, And there were in the same country, talking about in Bethlehem, same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Notice here, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, we see the gospel of Christ removes fear. We know there are many different things in this world that can bring forth fear in our lives. Fear can be caused by a sense of being overwhelmed. I want you to just put, put yourself in the sandals of the shepherds for just a minute. And you're out there just trying to keep the, the wolves or whatever uh, predators off your sheep. You're just trying to keep watch. And that was probably your greatest fear that night up until this event. Okay? And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and that's a surprise, okay? Anybody ever come upon you and you weren't expecting it, and you were surprised by it? Well, that, I think we, the element of surprise is there. The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. Now, none of us has ever had anything like that happen to us, but we can be sure that it had to be a most frightening experience. I mean, we're just talking common shepherds, just your, your everyday laborer. And uh, the appearance of angels was not something that was common, even back then. 
And nevertheless, we see that uh, this happened. This was an out-of-ordinary experience for these shepherds. Most folks that I know of don't like the unexpected. Don't you like to know what's coming? You know, we, we, we're that way, aren't we? And uh, I'm sure that the shepherds were that way. They, they would kind of like to know what was, uh, 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 what was coming down the road. Now, most folks I know don't like the unexpected. And that was uh, most likely true, I believe, for the shepherds. And surely it had to be an overwhelming experience. I mean, you're, you're just going about your business and all of a sudden, boom, there, there's an angel talking to you and you don't know what in the world is going on. In fact, you probably think you might die. You know, I mean, didn't know what the angel looked like. Um, and so fear can be caused by a sense of being overwhelmed. Fear can be also be caused by adverse circumstances. Now, adverse circumstances can come our way in a moment, and they take on many different forms. It might be the death of a loved one. Now, that's never a welcome event. Uh, we, 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 um, we all have probably sensed it in some way or another. It might be the, a serious illness that comes our way. Uh, we're doing real well, and then all of a sudden, the doctors give us some bad news. We found something on those tests that we ran. Uh, it might be an accident. Uh, the Lord protects us from those accidents during this time of year. Amen. Uh, because they, um, they do happen. And uh, we, we know that uh, uh, we would like to be protected from that. It might be a financial setback. It might be adverse circumstances of another nature that may bring harm into our lives. And these adverse circumstances can be a wake-up call. Listen, they can also bring fear into our lives because of uh, that which is unknown. Fear uh, of the unknown. You think any of the shepherds thought their life might be coming to an end right then? I think they might have. Can you imagine what was going through their minds? I mean, they didn't, they, they never experienced anything like this before, and what in the world's happening? And then the fear can be caused by that which is known. You think any of those shepherds' lives might have flashed before their eyes in a moment? Yeah. That's why we need to keep short accounts with the Lord. Some, probably some things in their life they began confessing right off the bat. You know, I'm, we're, I'm fixing to be out of here. Lord, forgive me of this. Forgive me of that. Forgive me of the other. <laughs> you know, uh, may the Lord help us to, uh, to keep short accounts. But what I'm saying is that this was a circumstance like many other cir circumstances of life which easily brought fear into the lives of these poor shepherds. But notice the angel of the Lord said to these shepherds, Fear not. Fear not. And notice the basis for fear not was, was not in what was happening in their hearts at that moment. Because there was plenty to fear as far as what was in their hearts. But really, uh, the, the, in the message that was revealed, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Here we see the message that the Messiah, uh, the Christ, the anointed one, by the way, those three things mean the same thing. When we talk about Messiah, 
Messiah is the is the Hebrew uh, translated from the Hebrew word Christ translated from the Greek word. Uh, then you got uh, anointed one. That's what both of those terminologies mean. So it's all the same thing whether you call him the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Uh, he's the Savior. The Savior had been born. And you see, the gospel of Christ is what can remove fear in our lives. Any kind of fear that we may have in our lives. It comes from the confidence that we have in Christ that is expressed by the Apostle Paul in Romans 8.31. He says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, the verses immediately after that one assure us that whatever comes upon us in our lives after we have Christ in our lives, whether it be tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or whatever else may come in this fear-filled life. There's a lot of things that can cause us to have fear, but none of those things can separate us from the love of God that's found in Christ. Isn't that a blessing? Uh, that's a reason to, to joy, isn't it? Uh, so once we have Christ, we have help for all of life's fears. Listen to Psalm 118, verses 5 and 6. says, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. He says, I will not fear what, what can man do unto me. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, for, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then uh, a, a verse that I shared Sunday night, this past Sunday night, uh, when we had our Christmas program uh, from Hebrews chapter number 2 and verse number 14 says, For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, talking about Jesus, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and listen, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So he, take, he can even take the fear of death away. Uh, because when we have him in our heart and life, we know that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So the gospel of Christ removes fear. That's one aspect. Second thing we see in verse number 10 as well, back in our text, is that the gospel of Christ brings great joy. For He says, For I, I, I behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Uh, note that the angel of the Lord did not bring them happiness, uh, but joy. Happiness and joy are two different things. Happiness is often based upon happenings. You know, uh, we, we, the appearance of this angel was bringing fear. So the happenings were just wasn't doing it for them. But the message of Jesus Christ, the, the Savior being born into the world, well, that was a reason of joy. That there was a Savior now. Uh, joy is based upon assurance that we have in spite of the happenings in this life. And that's true for us as well. Amen. Thank God that even though whatever might, might be happening in your life, you can still joy in Christ. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ brings joy to the life of a believer even in the midst of happenings that may not be very pleasant. And we all have to go through those in this life from time to time. Amen? God can give us grace to get through those times. Third thing we see there in verse 10 also is that the gospel of Christ is for all people. Uh, look, at it, look at verse 10 again. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Second um, Peter 3 verse number 9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to usward not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance you know the Lord wants you to be saved if you're not saved here uh, this morning can I tell you that you are um, you are not living your life in accordance to God's will because God wants you to receive His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior. And the good news is, is that the gospel is for all people. Aren't you glad? You know, uh, if it was only for a certain class of people, I might not find myself in that class. If it was only for a certain race of people, mine might not be the favored race. If it was only for a certain uh, financial uh, 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 scale uh, person, I, w- I guarantee you I wouldn't make that. <laughs> but uh, the good news is, is that the gospel is for all people. It's a whosoever will may come. Male or female, adult or child, Jew or Gentile, bond or free, to the wise and the unwise, to every race, to every tongue, to every person, no exclusions. The gospel is to all people. That's the good news. But the bad news is not all will respond to the gospel. The gospel is only effective for those who believe, those who place their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we're all familiar with John chapter number three, verse sixteen through eighteen. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth, whosoever, it's it's to all, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Uh, the world was already condemned. Okay, uh, Verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We came into this world as unbelievers. And uh, hopefully we leave this world as believers. Hope, hope that you leave as a believer in, in Jesus Christ. Uh, but you know, some will never hear the gospel. And and others will never heed the gospel. But that doesn't mean that the gospel is not for them. It, it is for all who will come and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So the gospel of Christ is for all people. Then in verse 10 and 11, we see the gospel of Christ emphasizes the value of the individual. You know that you're important to God? You're important to God. Um. Uh, the preachers are no more important to God than you are. We all, each individually, are important to God. Look at verse number 10 and 11 again. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. 
not only the you, but to all people. Now, notice verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So Jesus not only came for the world, but listen, he came for me and he came for you. He came for each of us. But we must individually believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the gospel, the fifth thing that we want to see here in verse number 11, the gospel of Christ brings salvation. Brings salvation by bringing a Savior. Amen. Verse number 11, Therefore you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Now, uh, that word Savior implies that we, uh, that the one being saved is in peril. They're in peril. Uh, we, we all were in peril of death and hell because of our sin. And we needed a Savior. And also that word Savior implies that the one doing the saving is able to do so. Yeah. Not much of a Savior can't save somebody. And Jesus Christ is the only one who is able to save. Um, uh, he, he's, he's, his is the only name whereby we must be saved. He's the way, the truth, the life. Not a way, a truth, or a life. I mean, He is, he is the only one. We, we come to the Father by Him or we don't, cannot come at all. Salvation. Jesus Christ is the only one who can bring it. He's the only one who can save. Um, the gospel of Christ is in a person. That's the number six thing there. And he says, To you is born this day uh, in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's Christ the Lord. Uh, again, Jesus Christ is the only one who can save. And salvation is not in a creed. It's not in a code of conduct, conduct in any way. Salvation is not in religion or religious ceremony. You, we don't get uh, salvation by being baptized or by joining a church or by partaking of communion. None of that can bring salvation. None of it can bring grace. The only one who could bring grace into our life is Jesus Christ himself. Salvation is only in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we see the seventh thing here is, is the gospel of Christ brings glory to God. Notice, uh, uh, let's look at verse 12 through 14 here. <clears throat> he said, This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So we see the gospel of Christ means glory to God. And we see the glory expressed by the angels, the heavenly hosts there. Why? Because it is all about what God has done. Um, and when, when it comes to salvation, God thought it, He wrought it, He bought it, and then He uh, brought it. Amen. And it's all about Him and, and what He has done. We see the, the glory expressed by man, uh, the shepherds, down in verse number 20, as they go and they see the Lord Jesus Christ, they, 
and um, they are able to talk to Mary and Joseph and see the babe. And it says in verse 20, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen, notice, as it was told unto them. Okay? They, again, it was all about what God had done. And it was all about the truth or the, or the veracity of God. Uh, the, the, what the angel spoke was true. And they were able to see it with their eyes. Um, let's take a look at the eighth thing here. The gospel of Christ brings real and lasting peace and goodwill toward men. There in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Um, Isaiah 57 verse number 20 says, uh, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. But listen, the gospel of Christ can bring peace to that troubled soul. He can bring peace to men. Um, Job 15 uh, describes wicked man. It says, The wicked man travaileth with pain all his days, and the number of years is hidden to the oppressor. A dreadful sound is in his ears, and in prosperity the destroyer shall come upon him. He believeth not that he shall return out of darkness, and he waiteth for the sword. He wandereth abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knoweth that the day of darkness is ready at, at his hand. Trouble and anguish shall make him afraid, and they shall prevail against him as a king ready to the battle. Now that's true for someone who doesn't know Christ. I mean, can you imagine right now if you were didn't have Christ in your heart, you had no hope of salvation, you were still lost in your sins, that's a terrible place to be, isn't it? Very terrible place to be. But Jesus said in John 14, 27, He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now He said that to His disciples, who His disciples had believed on Him, and they, uh, they didn't have any reason to, to have fear in their heart. Now just as there can be no peace in this troubled world until the Lord Jesus Christ rules and reigns on this earth. And that's true. And don't, don't expect some, uh, somebody that's going to be able to turn uh, what we see happening in this world around other than Jesus. Jesus is the only one. Uh, there also can be no peace in the heart and life of any individual until Jesus Christ rules and reigns in their own personal life. A person without Christ... Their life was full of turmoil. Their life was full of, of emptiness. But Christ can fill uh, that void that they have in their life. We see also the gospel of Christ brings goodwill to men. Not only peace to men, but goodwill to men. Jeremiah 29, verse number 11. Uh, the Lord says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Well, how do we know that's true? Because God sent His only begotten Son into the world. That we can have that. You know, that he, he, His thoughts were, I'm going to send them a Savior. All they got to do is believe on the Savior. 
He had the thoughts of peace. He, he didn't want to uh, send us to hell. He wanted to give us hope of heaven. And he did that by bringing goodwill through his sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 16 and 17. It says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Now that's goodwill, isn't it? That's goodwill. That's what the Lord does. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So God's mercy and grace are available to all who believe. Number nine thing we see there, the gospel of Christ calls for a response. Look back at our text there, verse 15 to 16. So then it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, talking about the shepherds, they left the shepherds. It said, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ calls for a response. Um, the shepherds responded by faith to what they were told. They were told the truth, but they responded in faith. God's revelation of himself and his word have always called for a response, and that response is the response of faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse number 6 says, But without faith... It is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, uh, that verse, the, the context of it, is, is found in the, in the full hall of, what I call the hall of faith chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 11. And that's full of those in the past who heard from God and responded to what they heard. In fact, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. How was he able to do that? By faith. He believed God. Uh, when God had revealed to uh, them that uh, the, the need for the shed, shedding of blood and uh, a, a sacrifice, he believed God. It says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. God said, I'm bringing a flood on this earth and I'm going to wipe out the whole earth except for you and your family and I want you to build an ark. Well, how did he show his, how did he show his faith? He began to build that ark. Amen. And the Lord had, uh, looked on that faith and he, even though he's 120 years in building it, that's a long time. See, I've only, been, I've only been on this earth just a little more than half that. That's a long time, 120 years. But uh, he, he did that. He continued. And uh, not only Noah, uh, by faith, moved with fear and, and uh, obeyed the Lord, but by faith, by faith, by faith, over and over again, that which, was, which pleased God was by faith. You read that in Hebrews 11. 
And the Lord's still looking for the response of faith. How do we know what God has done for us? The Word of God. And as the Word of God is preached, as, is, as a, a preacher says, thus saith the Lord, and, and this, is, this is the Lord's Word. It's not man's Word. God, um, God used men to pen the Scripture, but the, the, the Scripture is God's Word. It's His Word. And there are only two responses. You're going to believe it or not. Okay? You can believe it or not, and and uh, belief is how we come to to know uh, uh, forgiveness of our sins. We come to know uh, the savior, the savior that can can take and cleanse us, and thus cleanse us and gives us a home in heaven. Last thing I want us to see is that the gospel of Christ is meant to be shared. Look at verse seventeen. It says, and when they had seen it, when they saw Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in the manger, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. In other words, all of the stuff that the angel had told them before about this was the Savior, was born into the world, the good tidings that were there, that, that's the things that they uh, uh, distributed abroad. Look at uh, verse 18. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told them. Listen, the gospel of Christ is meant to be shared. These shepherds shared the good news that they received with others. They received it themselves, acted in faith, went to see it for themselves, and they shed abroad that message that was given to them. What the shepherds heard from the angel of the Lord was good news. But listen, it wasn't good news to be hidden from others, but it was good news to be shared with others. What good could it do anybody if they didn't share what they had received. No good. So we see these aspects of the gospel here in this portion of the Christmas story. Let me ask this morning in closing, what has the gospel done for you? Are you saved? Do you know it? Are you on your way to heaven? Listen to me. Christ wants to remove your fear today and give you His great joy of salvation that He has made available that salvation is in the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can save you and give you and that lasting peace in your life that you so long for. But you must respond to Him by faith. If you haven't responded, please respond today. But if you have responded to the gospel, the question is, are you sharing it with others? You were given the gospel. You believed on it. it is, it's brought joy to your life. Don't you think others deserve that same joy? Let's share the gospel as it has been given to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as, even as it's represented here in the Christmas story, we see the aspects of the gospel taking place. And we can very clearly see uh, these things that we've talked about 
this morning. We just pray, Lord, that if there's one here today that doesn't truly know you as Savior yet, that they will come to a saving knowledge of you. And that those of us who do know you, that will not only here at Christmas time as we think about the birth of Christ and we're celebrating the birth of Christ, we ought to be involved in, in sharing the good news during this time of year, but not just this time of year, but all time, uh, to share with those who need the gospel how that God has provided the good news that they can get in on by grace through faith. Lord, have your way in this invitation. This morning we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and 